1: For time. Extra time, this week I'm joined by Sky Sports commentator Jenny Woods and New Zealand men's netball coach Sarah Michelle Hansen-Biall to discuss the ANZ Premiership, the season that was, and Grand Final predictions. Also, Silver Fern selections is but a week away ahead of the World Cup and we will also look at the historic televised match to be had between the men's team and the Silver Ferns in June. So, first of all, ladies, I was thinking we'd have a little look at the ANZ Premiership. We have the final round of the regular season coming up this weekend. Jenny, we'll start with you.
2: I have to be honest and say I've, I've been disappointed in it. I've been um, disappointed that it's become so uneven and it became pretty clear almost from the very beginning rounds that it was it was going to be uneven and you had straight away the pulse and the steel, you know, a strata above the rest and then another drop down and you sort of think, well, why... You know, why has this been? And I think there's, you know, a couple of things that I thought, you know, that you really probably couldn't avoid in some respects. Injuries to the tactics players, Temelisa Whakahatau and Ericana Pedersen in round one. And also the shift south by Linny's pocket from Magic to steel, almost in one fell swoop, shot a real weapon across the bow of the Magic's chances. And they were two, you know, big factors
3: and almost in three. So you've got the top, you've got the middle, and then the bottom is really underperforming.
2: I wonder too if, if, actually, as the season's gone on, because I think you're right, but I wonder if that gap has closed a little bit because you sort of you think the Mystics and the Magic, who were you know really poor to begin with, they have improved as the season's gone on. I'm thinking of the likes of um, Kelsey McPhee yeah, and Grace
3: Wicky. Grace mm.
2: Wicky, and so yes, they've come and you know got there. But Jeepers, we're up to round 13, yeah. and it's taken all that time. And talking about that middle order of the ANZ
1: Premiership pre-season. Anna Stanley actually put it out there that Northern Stars were her team to beat and actually you're training with them this season yeah. so how have you felt they've come along this season?
3: was always going to be hard bringing back two such experienced players with the youth that gap between the experience again and the older players really shines through and, and the disconnect on the court for the Stars. I also thought that they would be one of the best teams but I also wonder looking, outside of looking in and, and nothing to do with them when I've been in there, but you're kind of looking at some of those players that are trying to make friends and were they doing too much in the middle rounds to draw attention and did they lose focus of what their franchises maybe needed and that was across all the teams. So It's probably the most under-resourced franchise team, and they do do it hard with working in the community with how they train and stuff like that. So that's probably another huge factor on why they haven't quite hit the potential they could have.
2: To a large degree, though, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of each um, franchise, but it seems to me that, that that's netball in New Zealand, isn't it? Yep. I mean, you know, there is just not that much money for, for A, for women's sport, and, and B, for netball. And, uh, you know, that the days of uh, when big corporates looking around, they have the sponsorship money, and they think, who are we going to give it to? And, wow, well, you know, it's never go, oh, let's give it to some women's sport. It always seems to be sucked in by the likes of rugby, and I wonder if that won't change until we get more women into you know, higher, position. higher positions in, in corporates. That's yeah. my plug.
3: Yeah, I also think that um, Suncorp People's got it right, it's, they're selling the product and not the, the game. Everyone's wanting the merch and wanting the... Rights and their viewership probably the same as ours, but they've just got a different channel of how they're getting the numbers.
2: Speaking of that, I think it's brilliant that now we in New Zealand can see some. Port. What a treat! And <laughs> yeah, well, I think you know, at last, no brainer really, because you can sit here in New Zealand and we are feasting on more meatball than any other country, and well, as it should be, and and forward, and <laughs> yeah, forward thinking. Does this promote? New
1: Zealand influence in the Australian competition. We know that you can't play for those franchises if you're home to be a silver fern. If you're one of the younger players, but now that Australian netball is coming into our homes, do you think that the views on that might change by netball New
2: Zealand? That's a tricky one. To begin with, I think netball New Zealand perhaps was a little bit guilty of if we don't, if we just don't look that way, we pretend it's not happening, and we'll <laughs> continue with our own. I, I actually had a lot of sympathy for their stance about not letting New Zealand players go because you've got to protect and I still believe it you have to to protect your own competition do you watch, see what they're doing that perhaps we could do better but I think the worst thing you can do is just put the blinkers on and pretend it's not there
1: I've spoken to Amy Jean Metcalf through the season and her first season with the Magic she said that her goal as coach is to bring Magic back to its former glory days they were, as we all know once the force to be reckoned with domestically in New Zealand and that hasn't been the case for some years. Casey Koukou stepping away from the side, how do you think that affects their chances of getting back onto that court platform any time soon? I think
3: it's going to be fantastic, I think we're going to see some really good defenders coming from the Magic Zone, because otherwise you don't get your opportunities, you know Liverpool New Zealand are like, quite guilty of holding onto players until they're a bit long in the tooth, instead of letting those young ones come through. So I'm excited to see what energy in the Waibop zone can produce.
2: And certainly, you know, you look at the Waibop um, in the Beko League and that side and Central Manawa have been the standout teams all season, actually. And there are some exciting players in that uh, in that zone, in that franchise. And I, one player who I would really like to see um, fulfil what I think is fabulous potential is Monica Faulkner, that young goal attack, because uh, you know you look at her and you think, oh my goodness, you're exciting she plays differently to our existing goal attacks she, you know, she does make me think of a, of a Sherelle McMahon or a Belinda Co- You know, those sort of players that we haven't had for a while, that you know, little fast zippy goal attack, what she needs to do is, is just get a bit more consistency into her game, I think and, and she'll be away. Do you think that comes
1: down to a good partner perhaps?
2: could be and that Cause she seems to be the experienced player in the, in the shooting circle. at what 22 yeah. <laughs> and that's right and of course again i think that was probably that loss of pocket um, was a shame for Faulkner and actually it will be interesting to see what she does next year i'm not too sure on what sort of contract she's on um, but the guy was perhaps the tactics I would be getting in touch with her.
1: The final hasn't approached us yet. Is it a bit of a no brainer who we're going to see in there?
2: Well, I, I think so. I, <laughs> I think it will be a steel pulse final, but I think the, the best thing was the, the steel beating the pulse the other day. It was a 10 or 12 goals because that's. Up until that point, it had looked as though the polls were just going to steamroll through. But now, I, I'm not so sure. I
3: think it might end up that way. But the fortunate thing is the stars have not played any of their best yeah, football against like either of those franchises. Yeah. So, if the stars are they could do it on the day. Do you know what I mean? If they play to their full potential and and control the ball like they have done against other other teams, or and glimpses if they can string that together for an hour then they could be final contenders
2: so am I taking you've seen that in training? yes
3: been on the receiving end of a couple of elbows training.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's from Uh
3: no names
1: <laughs> let's talk about the mystics for a little bit now now they had a a very, very rough start to the season. Christina Bryce kind of slipped off the radar and Grace Nowicki came in and took that goal shooter, What are you, Jenny, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Mystics? You've been there courtside for many of those games.
2: I just have found them incredibly hard to fathom, very hard to predict how they might go. When they play well, they play beautiful men. And some of the defence work that they've put together has been superb, with that Macaire at the back and um, Phoenix Karaka and um, Mikaela Sopcich beats Wonderful. And the same can be said down the attack end. We just haven't seen enough of it All at once, and and that's been the problem. And They've had that unusual situation, shall we say, with Bryce. Who knows what went on there? They then had, of course, Phoenix, Karaka off for four weeks with concussion. But the thing that interested me, and I wonder if she almost played her way back into Silver Fern contention, because, well, Karaka was probably in many people's teams, and may well be, but Michaela Sokolich beat her, and she moved across from wing defence to goal defence. At one stage, I picked my Silver Fern 12 and there was an awful lot of defenders in there. (laughs) I think I had about seven. So uh, that was how hopeless I am at picking a team. You know, I think it'll be interesting for next year to see just if Helene Mawson holds on to that job. I mean, in her defence, they have got better as the year's gone on and certainly another Bailey Mayors, you know, performance has improved. But uh, it's been um, an unusual season for the Mystics.
3: There's just a real disconnect and I've... I wouldn't know what it was because I'm not involved in the setup. but you look at the players and some weeks it's 50% shooting some weeks they're getting bumped down the defence end and again there's not that whole performance across the board and that's what I think is missing, just that consistency and they're fantastic and um, they are amazing to watch But Michelle,
2: isn't that interesting? That what have we had now? even And I'm going to go back right through the ANZ yeah. champ, uh, Championship mm. not just the Premiership have always been like that, that yeah. they've been up and down and and you just wonder why that is and you know, there's all sorts of theories. Outside of looking in, you just don't quite know what's going on in the background, it
1: just seemed, it seemed like I was watching an emotional roller coaster of this team this year, that's what I felt
3: like.
2: You've got to say something about who you've noticed too, what natural leader. Mm.
3: Uh, Michaela, yeah. small schools mm. in small regions, because you just... Every game you play, you have to leave. Whatever bib you're in, you have to do the whole job. You're not fortunate enough to be around other great players who you just do a bit of work, and I think that's what separates her and a couple of others in the competition. Like, you look at Jane Watson... Any other goalkeeper at Silver Fern level would probably be throwing the toys, but every week in, week out, she's just performing, and Michaela's the same. I
1: mean, we'll start with the Silver Ferns' uh, announcement in general. It will be an Invercargill on the 23rd of May, which caught me
2: by surprise. Caught me by surprise too. Partly, that Sky were already going to be there, it was going to be broadcast, and I guess they were thinking, well, you know, Nolene Taru is won't be there. I see it as perhaps a reward to a very loyal netball community who never fails to sell out their stadium. And um, let's face it, that hasn't been the case everywhere. Okay. so Silver Fern selections.
1: Uh, We've spoken about how it's probably a less than strong competition we've seen this year, but there have been certain individuals who've kind of stepped up especially those who didn't feature at, in the last campaign. So we're looking at Silver Ferns' predictions. Who do we think we we might get surprised by?
3: I don't think there's going to be many surprises. I think the only thing that might be surprised is how the eligibility rule is used, not only just to Suncorp, but whether they look to the UK as well.
2: Are you talking about one UK player in particular? Yes,
0: one middle court. <laughs>
2: I, too, have been watching Liana Liotta for the Manchester Thunder, and yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the, the counter-argument to that, of course, is that you don't know how strong is the opposition being that she's been up against. But you look at her play and her creativity, I mean, the, the British commentators just rave about her. So Liana Liotta
1: could be the surprise
2: inclusion. You heard it here first, everybody.
1: Who do we need to watch out for? Our pool doesn't look too bad.
2: Well, I have to say, I've had a look at the drawer, um, and the way I read it, because it's an unusual draw. There's no quarterfinals. You have just almost sort of like an eight there and an eight there, and then they split into two groups of four, but they don't all intertwine. And the way I see it, and I think I'm right, really, we've got Australia and Malawi to particularly worry about in our lot. But uh, if, I've written it all down, so, <laughs> so that I don't lose my way. But if I was in the other eight, uh, you know, England has Jamaica to worry about, South Africa to worry about, and Uganda to worry about. When you see, I mean, Peace Prascovia, who Noling Tarua certainly knows all about, playing for her lightning side. Amazing. And and we saw her for the first time properly the last World Cup. I mean, Uganda just about, you know, tipped England over at the CON Games last year. So those eight teams were a lot tougher than ours. Having said that, we better not, you know, muck, muck it up we all know what happened last time against Malawi, but no more to for Malawi this way around. But, you know, there will be Joyce and Vula, who I always felt that Malawi had trouble playing those two players because they were so similar. So they're not going to be very much weaker.
3: I think the last campaign they played game for game rather than process. So it'll be good to see them stick to process regardless of the scores and the outcomes. And, yeah, they've got the easiest eight by far. Um so they won't have too many headaches, but they can't be rested. that's for sure.
1: Do you think that that perhaps puts a bit of pressure on the silver ferns?
2: They're very lucky that I can only assume that the draw was made when there was that little bit of time when New Zealand had popped back up to second, second. ranking. England sending a very weak side out to Jamaica, and they got trounced. Due to, we have very much been the beneficiaries of that. I have a lot of faith in, in this coaching team of Toru and Fuller you just hope that we don't see... And I, I don't think we will see a repeat of 12 months ago.
3: No, you, you always learn more from your losses than your wins. And they're good for the soul because you go soul-searching and you come back much better as an athlete and coach.
1: Now, talking about soul-searching, when um, I hear the word soul-searching in Silver spoons, I think of Katrina Rory. Do we think she's going to make her way? Has she done enough to come back into the squad?
3: Um, by stats use, um, and she's a fantastic player and a great leader but it is also to her detriment being in the Pulse playing against the best shooters in the competition. So it'll be interesting to see what the selectors um, do. I think she's tidied up her game a lot from the last trials in selection, um, and I also think that her focus on her own game has increased hugely. She's not worried too much about what's happening around her, which I think might have been a bit of having to carry the weight as captain at Com Games was a big issue. I think she's played herself back in, starting lineup. Well, then that's another another issue because you're going to have four defenders of fantastic caliber fighting for those votes
2: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you mentioned stats, and I've been talking to a few other people who know more about all this sort of thing than I do. And you know, sometimes they say you don't don't look at the stats, look at the combinations. And and does Rory play as well with Jane Watson? Say who I who Watson, I think is a given. Yeah. Um, as Phoenix Karaka or, you know, so you look at those combinations, but I agree with you that, I, and I've actually said this before, I think, Rory last year grew through that hideous campaign, and it must have been very, very hard, and because she did, she simply didn't have that senior leadership around her, which is, is now back in, in this team, she's in, certainly in my 12s. But whether or not she'll be in the final one, I'm just not sure. Especially in Katrina's case, to not have that uh, trial
1: process anymore, do you think that's kind of working, that could work against players in terms of showing the best that they can be in those combinations before being selected? Okay.
3: I think hugely. Because in the past, being involved with the last 15 years of trials with the friends going in and training against them, or, or doing stuff when they go into their two respective teams. The players from the smaller regions who don't come from strong franchises who are bolters at Ferns trials don't have that upper hand of working with a a defender, like the Jane and Phoenix um, combination, for example. It does make it a little harder, but you've just got to perform, so it's catch-22, really. I, I still think that the Ferns, this process will help with the selectors selecting on current form, but I don't think it's going to help with the combinations.
2: If you couldn't pick a team, who would you say are most likely? To be there? I think a lot of us have, have sort of got the same core, which would be the, the Folau, Lagman, Amelia and Ignacio have been on a fabulous form. Kōpua, Jane Watson, Karen Berger is worthy of selection, and I rather controversially, it seems, would pick Bailey Mares. For her, the fact that she's improved, the fact that she can slide from that goal shooting position, and I know she's had a goal shooting rose, or into that wing attack. And so many of our wing attacks are small in stature, and you're getting taller and taller in defenses. And I think, you know, Baby just offers something different and, and that vertical leap. What
3: happened at Commonwealth Games prior when I was coaching was they were. They took too many specialist players in certain positions and then they were left with touching straws and trying to find who to play what with the injuries. So I think that they need to have a look at the versatility of players. Bailey's going to give you goalkeeper, goal defence, win defence centre, wing attack, goal attack, goal shoot. She can play all seven with her athleticism and her knowledge. That's what you want to take away as players that can play any bib and give you everything.
1: Finally, we have, of course, our New Zealand men's co-coach here with us, Michelle and this historic match is slowly creeping up next month. What have reactions been like from the community about the game since the announcement? The reaction has
3: been crazy. It's probably the only word. No mixed reactions. Everyone's excited about it. The small people that have seen men's netball or seen them play against the ferns or the franchises and trainings have already booked their tickets. One lady came up to me Bruce Pullman and said she had bought 30 for her netball centre so that they would all come and watch. It's just been it's been fantastic, and, and the wonderful thing about it is that this is a great opportunity to try and put it on the map, and um, hopefully get the viewership up so Sky Sport can look at um, some hour snippets or some international series televised. So
2: I had mixed feelings initially. I thought, gee, is this a good thing or is it not? I, I shared some of the reservations that Yvonne Willering voiced about injury. You know, you talk to some of the other players, perhaps, who've been internationals in the past, and they've sort of said, well, look, we we practice against them all the time. And then you sort of think, well, okay, but this is their moment in the sun, you know. And obviously, they would do their best. So a few other things that have made me think, well, um, A, it was Nolene Toru's idea. And the argument that she wanted to try all the other flavours of... whether or not you have elements of the Jamaican, you know, Caribbean style and all that sort of thing. So I have, I've come round to thinking, okay, um, so I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring. I think that's my ignorance, perhaps, assuming a lack of skill. And I don't know that I, you know, I think that's probably a, a wrong assumption to make. And you could argue it'll be better preparation than, than last year's Tiny Jamison. Forgot to mention, I was curious in the selection of Junior Levy. Has he ever played for New Zealand before? He hasn't,
3: but the, the eligibility rule because the World Body is kind of new for men's to mix, We don't have eligibility rules at the moment, and so the only rule is that you, can, as long as you play at the national competition, which he has, and he's New Zealand born. So he's he's always tried to make those ties back and. He's born in New Zealand. He lives in Australia, and he's Sam one. So it's got three <laughs> countries that are like grabbing at him, trying to get him to go through, right?
2: So does then that rule him out from playing for Australia in the future?
3: Yes. When we put this team together, we, we were grateful to Knowles for the for the opportunity, and we wanted to simulate as close as possible what they would get across all the teams. So Junior's going to give you the Jamaican and You're not going to get a 7 foot Jamaican. <laughs> no, well he won't be jumping above the goal ring. And Noel's, Noel's added some rules since she saw the, the, the teams change. Junior
1: plays against
3: the Sunshine Coast Lightning, right? Yes, yes. Every, nearly every yep. week. So she knows him quite well. The rules have changed so it will make it a lot more interesting but the men's hasn't really had structure and over the last 10 years we've kind of been working on getting them structured playing with a thought process and of. Sphere. I tell you, at the end of every training, it's not the girls that need the ice. It's always the guys that you know, the mixed team or the men who are playing, and some that are the ones that are getting banged up a bit more than the girls. So be, I can't wait to showcase that to um, the world. Really. Oh no, that's really interesting.
1: Thank you both for joining me this week. Remember, you can keep up to date with the build-up to the Netball World Cup at rnz.co.nz forward sport. RNZ will also be on the ground at the event in Liverpool in July with all the action. You can also stay in touch via our Twitter at Sport. Again, thank you, Michelle and Jenny Woods, for all your wise words. Hey kona.